Here we go. I'm getting used to this music, too. Oh, I love this. Love it. Rejecting this screen, part of the Locked On Podcast Network every Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday, a lot of hoops, a little bit of life. Thursday, going ISO, the long-form edition with anybody and everybody associated with the NBA. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast. Adam Stanko is out West. We actually saw each other over the weekend. When I was out west, I don't know if you want to save that for open gym because it really was such a terrific hour that we spent together. It was really, really nice. It was really, it was really beautiful. Nice. It was beautiful. Yeah, so maybe we will save that. We're coming off the All-Star game. We're recording this on Monday for Tuesday, as we always do. All-Star game was outstanding. And what I loved the most that I saw on Monday was Tim Frank, the head of communications for the NBA, I've known for a long time, saying that he's going to have to now spend a lot of time making all the phone calls to all the people who said that the all-star game format was never going to work, (laughs) which I, which I thought was so great because my initial reaction and our initial reaction was why would anybody be against anything that led to hundreds of thousands of dollars for charity? And why not try something new when the old thing wasn't working? And then there were so many who said, including intelligent media members who are like, who are posting the memes of Zach Galifianakis doing all the math and everything during Hangover, that this was so much math involved. Uh, it wasn't. And it turned out to be the all time all star game experience. It really was. A few things to unpack. First of all, it's interesting, the math point that you bring up, because it was actually referenced in the game. I think Marv made the the joke during the game that, oh, the, the math that I have to figure out. And, you know, Reggie, I think, was like, oh, you needed you to use your Syracuse degree or something and, you know, quantitative mathematics or something. And it's like, this couldn't be more simple. In fact, I think it was so easy to explain. If my kids walked in the room, it's like, okay, see, that's the score that they have to reach now based upon, you know, what they, what they calculated. But uh, look, first of all, I love the idea that they were trying something new. I, I have been pushing. I remember we spoke about this last year, a bunch Noah, and I probably overthink these things more than most, but I wanted to see something that would improve the competition. And for whatever reason, we had seen just such a drop in competition. And I, Last night it occurred to me while watching the game is that, look, the competition could have been at a high level for years. The only This new format, it's not like it's a new way to play basketball. It was something new. There was some juice. You, you point out the uh, charity side of it, which I certainly want to get into also. But just this idea that it was something new. But these guys are used to playing in basketball games. They're going up against the best in the league, guys that they know, guys they want to compete against. There was the team captain pride thing and all that stuff. So for the last couple of years, like participation was, it just had dipped. Like all of a sudden it was turning into the Pro Bowl. And so I was sort of like, why aren't these guys competing? And it occurred to me, it's probably some level of groupthink where a few guys all of a sudden weren't trying as hard, guys weren't playing defense, and it just spread. Where other guys who would have typically tried to compete were like, uh, I, I see it all the time with my teenage kids. Like, if other kids really aren't part of it, they're not going to buy in either. And so all of a sudden, this gave everyone an excuse to sort of buy in. And having to reach this point level uh, in the fourth was was just awesome. But as far as the charity goes, 
I loved the idea that we saw all these kids and they're competing for these kids and potentially letting down these kids. I was thinking about what if like one team had, had won every quarter and what it would have well, well, the NBA, well, the NBA had said that they were, they were still going to give those kids money, but yes. And having those kids right there front and center, reminding the players of what they're playing for. I thought that was significant. It was. And I think they should take it a step further. And I, I tweeted about this, but I think that instead of team LeBron and team Giannis, it should be like Team Chicago Boys and Girls Club or Team Pediatric Cancer Research, you know, in Mobile, Alabama, or whatever the, the charity is that they're, that they're uh, going for. If, can you imagine just if that was the name that was on the front of the jerseys, they could have a logo for that along with the NBA logo. It'd be, it'd be just cooler on another level. And then think about the highlight shows, you know, the stuff you work on just as they reference this stuff. Oh, when the team boys and girls club, whatever. And just, you know, you have a phone number that pops up occasionally so that all this extra money, in addition to what they're raising during the course of the game, just based on quarters, just how much extra money that they would have raised, just the exposure alone for these two charities probably made them a bunch. And I think about how much more exponentially they could have, they could have made. Yeah. I would like to know how much more money they did make just because of the exposure that they got and whether it's extra donations. I think, I don't know about going full logo on the jersey because then maybe NBA jersey sales wouldn't be as high. So maybe they go with maybe they go with a patch on the jersey sure. and then sure. on the broadcast. So you're not so that maybe the broadcasters aren't getting confused or it could be a mouthful. I mean, I still think you go back to East West, but you could have underneath the team name on the broadcast, you have the the charity that they're playing for that could be on that could be on there the whole time. And I think there could be another way to do that. And I do like the way that you're saying that you could just have pop-up Chiron's pop-up graphics with phone number, website, how to donate. I do like that. Or maybe even more information about those charities. I like that also. I think the next innovation though, for the broadcast of these games. So I recorded the game for Eden, my five-year-old daughter, and I recorded it plus 30 minutes. So we're watching the fourth quarter this morning. And I'm thinking, my goodness, it, this is, this is going to be close. Okay. Here's when, here's exact, I'm going to tell you the exact point the record ended. The exact point. Right after Anthony Davis missed the first free throw. No. <laughs> so if you, so if you recorded the game and usually for an NBA, a regular season NBA game, I'll record plus 15 minutes. For the All-Star game, I figured, all right, we'll give it another 30. But no one had any idea how many challenges there would be and all these reviews in the fourth quarter, which was awesome. Right. But if you if you had added 30 minutes to it, it cut off right after Anthony Davis missed that first free throw with the game on the line. So it's a good thing that YouTube had full – well, you could find it anywhere. But I went to YouTube. We watched – we had the full fourth quarter on there. Fast forward to the end and then saw him make that second free throw. But I do think the next innovation – before I move on here, will be artificial intelligence in on in TVs through cable networks where it'll mm-hmm. be able to, you don't have to hit any sort of setting. It'll know when that game has ended or how long it is going. So it will record the full event, no matter what it says on the guide. It will know, even if there's another basketball game right after it, it'll notice the change in the team colors, the change in voices of the broadcasters. And then that's when the broadcast itself will cut off the record great call the only thing i can think to add to that is i just picture this wonderful moment as you turn to eden and go 
Guess we'll never find out who won that game. <laughs> but she knew. I was telling her, oh, my God, this is going to be close. This is going to be close. This is going to be close. And then and and there was a, like a delay before the Anthony Davis free throws. And he's standing on the free throw line. And we're both saying, give him the ball. Give him the ball. Give him the ball. And as I'm watching 12, 11, 10, 9. Oh, my goodness. All right. Coming up next, All-Star Game Media Day. Oh, my goodness. The Kawhi fans came out in full voice. So we all have stress in our daily lives, and it, and it weighs on all of us. So whether you're an elite athlete like one of the All-Stars or Adam or just a regular guy plugged in talking hoops like me, if you're just trying to get through the day, muscle pain, muscle tension, it's all a real thing. That's why you should use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. So it'll all help you just feel better naturally, treat your pain, get you back to life. And you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days or your money back by going to theragun.com slash locked on. That's T-H-E-R-A-G-U-N.com slash locked on for a limited time. Our listeners to rejecting the screen get a free charging stand with purchase. That's a $79.com slash locked on. Theragun, T H E R A G U N dot com slash locked on. The All Star Game Media Day, the big media session with all the All Stars, it's kind of turned into Super Bowl Media Day, Adam, which is what the NBA wants. And, and for the, the Super Bowl, it's become a a primetime thing. They sell tickets in the arena. It is, it's a show. Mm -hmm. For the NBA All-Stars, everybody's all together at once. And Jovan Buha, the Clippers reporter for The Athletic, had tweeted that Kawhi was just asked what he had for dinner last night. And he said, that's not of any concern. So I responded with, okay, I get it. But why not just answer the question? It was, a, it was a very mixed bag, one side or the other. Like over 100 on each side, either agreeing or disagreeing. But the Kawhi fans, well, they was like, well, it, is, it isn't of any concern. Why ask that question? The media asks just such dumb questions. And, I, and I, I wrote back a few things. One, if you've never been to an all-star game as a media member, then you wouldn't understand. Because this is not just beat writers who are there. This is everybody. And most people who have, don't have a chance to cover a game are at the All-Star game, that their outlet spends a lot of money and sends them to an All-Star game. So, and it's like Super Bowl Media Day. You see all those mm -hmm. jokers walking around in all sorts of costumes, asking questions, trying to have fun. That's what All-Star Game Media Day is. And then one guy wrote, well, this is just typical media they're taking away from the opportunity for other real media members to ask significant questions or valuable <laughs> questions to get the answers. So I, wrote, so I wrote back to the guy, okay, you tell me when Kawhi answers and gives something valuable in one of those answers. That would be it. There's, there's a first time for everything. I understand. Right. But it wasn't going to happen then. So that's the thing. Why not just answer the question? What would be so hard when if he's asked, hey, what did you have for dinner last night? If he just said deep dish pizza or Greek food, who cares? Just answer the question. Why does everything have to be so difficult? 
I, I've often wondered this, no. And the thing is, for people that don't that don't get it or the casual fan, look, this is the the one singular event that the NBA has. And so while it is an exhibition game, while it is the middle of the season and there's so many other storylines and things going on, the finals is is an event. It 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 goes on for a couple weeks. So it's not like you have one day where you can pinpoint the people go to. And it's college basketball has the final four that everybody goes and congregates at the final four Saturday, Sunday, and then they jet out of town typically on Sunday, especially the assistant coaches that can't find jobs, you know, after handing out their resumes. But for, for the NBA, it's the one place everybody goes and says, Hey, I'll see you at, I'll see you in Chicago. I'll see you at all-star. And it's every year it's becoming a, a bigger and bigger meeting place. I mean, summer league is starting to get that way where people are coming together as a group, but right but, in a different way. Yeah. In a different way. But, but this is huge, but here's the thing that, I get so annoyed with is that you can't have it both ways. We want as, as fans and as people involved in the sport, and we talk about the ratings all the time, we want to continue to grow the sport. Not that the NBA needs our help, Noah, but just in general terms, we want the sport to grow. We want the players to be more accessible. We want the different types of coverage and, and, guys getting mic'd up on the sidelines, all this stuff that makes for better, for better television, for better access, for a better, better product, for, for better entertainment. And yet, this is what happens. Guys go, oh, well, why does he have to answer this? Well, the question is more, it's not why does he have to answer it, it's why doesn't he as you... Right. As why you wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you answer it, wait, it's this not, it's, question? It, it, right. it is not a question that is going to make you look bad or could be taken out of context. It was simply... What'd you have for dinner last night? Maybe that reporter, I don't know who it was, but maybe they're trying to do a piece on food in Chicago. Maybe it's a local, maybe it was a local right. Chicago reporter. I don't know who it was. I don't know. It's somewhat annoying. What do you think that Kawhi had for dinner that night? I don't care. I just wanted to know. <laughs> I, well, I know. Now no, I'm super curious. I mean, on on, on Baka's YouTube show, he did he did eat the beef penis pizza. Yes, they had an interesting discussion about that, and I was riveted. So now I think the best part should be whoever asked that question or another reporter should have come out the next day and said, what's Kawhi got to hide? What's going on with Kawhi's diet? That <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Not even a good but, but you do bring up the other point that's, that's huge in all this is the idea that Kawhi also has this thing. And, and to be fair, it's, it's sort of what, what's made him different and stand out. And I kind of like it about him, this mystique that he has where everyone else reveals everything. Kawhi doesn't say a word, uh, you know, his teammates and, and guys who've gotten to know Kawhi say that he's not actually like this, uh, in, in private, he's actually funny and much more of an extrovert in private settings. But when he does these interviews and everything, Kawhi just, never wants to talk about anything and acts like it's the worst thing that's ever happened to him. And so I, you know, it's the whole thing is kind of interesting. It fits right in line with what you'd expect. If there was one guy that you asked me, who's the one guy in the all-star game who refused to answer what he had for dinner last night, obviously Kawhi would be. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and one, one guy wrote, why don't you tell us what you had for dinner last night? (laughs) And I wrote back, I had a, I had a duck burger and fries. I like it's not it's not hard. hard. Kawhi didn't even have to type it. You had to type that. 
And another thing completely unrelated to All-Star for Kawhi, but Steve Stout, who was that, the brand consultant, the image guy from, who was brought in by the Knicks, and he went on first take, and yes. then the Knicks had to make a statement about him. And As I didn't do. know, I mean, I'm not a huge music guy. I didn't know who he was to begin with, but I'd heard that he wasn't just brought in now, that he was hired to put together the free agent pitches last year. So for last summer, for KD, Kyrie, and Kawhi, and since he's in the music world, he got Wu-Tang to put together an original track for KD, and that's KD's favorite group, from what I understand. But then that's amazing. they never got the meeting with KD, and I heard that the track was sick. Like Whether even they landed KD or not, like it was, it's a shame that KD never got to hear it. Yes. Maybe at some maybe at some point he does. I don't know. It's got to should leak somewhere. But on the Kawhi side, I heard that it just completely fell flat. That they had done this whole thing with Saturday Night Live, and they had Saturday Night Live cast members, and they they put together some sort of Saturday Night Live skit and played it for Kawhi. <laughs> And 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 as you know, as much of a fun guy as Kawhi is, he didn't think that this was fun, and just completely fell flat, and that the room was so painfully awkward. No, uh, no signature laugh for Kawhi. No, I guess during not. that one is, is what not, you're no, saying. Not even a chuckle. Not even, not even a chuckle. That is, it's pretty cool. Those those pitches in general. I, I am obsessed with hearing how guys end up pitching uh, the top tier free agents and and the hoops that they that they jump through in order to get those. That's that's huh? pretty cool. That's I, 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 I I've told you before, no the uh, real quick. I, I told you before, Dwight Howard that years ago. I think I told you personally, but Dwight Howard was being wooed by um, an agent that that I knew when he was in high school and they were trying to get him because they were an NFL agent. They were trying to sign him. So they flew me and camera guy all over the country shooting Dwight Howard video while he was in high school. We went down to Atlanta. We went to LA, all this stuff. Ooh. So, and their big pitch, they had the same thing. They got a, a rapper, wasn't Wu-Tang, but they got a rapper at the time to make a song about Dwight Howard. So they had this song built into it. They had this whole DVD at the time that they were going to show to him and same thing, never got the meeting because Dwight Howard's uncle was like the part of the prosecution team for the Ray Lewis case in, in Atlanta. And Ray Lewis was one of the uh, clients of this agent, or at least had an association with this agent. So they couldn't end up going. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The what ifs, the what ifs. Uh, no, before we uh, move on to the other stuff, any any uh, wild predictions for? We we didn't even get into this uh, talking to about it beforehand. Any wild predictions for the second half of the season here, or for the final like twenty seven yeah. games? Yes, yeah. I mean more fair. About a quarter left of the season. It's not even half. It's not even a third anymore. It's not about a quarter. No, I don't. I don't have any wild predictions. The the, the and it, I was going to mention this in open gym, but maybe I'll mention it now. Though I think the wildest prediction that you could make is that the Pelicans will make the playoffs. And and you're going to hear. I can promise you, you're going to hear this. The folks who predicted the Pelicans to make the playoffs before the season, over these next few weeks, will say, "Well, I picked the Pelicans before the season, so I'll stick with that." 
And then afterwards, they'll say, if they make the playoffs, they'll say, well, yeah, I mean, I thought they would make the playoffs. No, no. The way they're playing to start the season, you did not think that the Pelicans oh. were going to make the playoffs. But right now, they're about four out, and but they've got a, you know, a few teams ahead of them. But they do have the easiest schedule remaining in the NBA. Right now, they've got Memphis is in that eighth spot, and the Spurs and the Blazers are ahead of them. And then it's and then it's Memphis. They're actually five and a half out of that A spot, but they have the easiest schedule remaining in the NBA. You got the anything real quick? Uh, no, the interesting thing about that is the idea that this this John Morant, Zion Williamson, everyone can now start to say, "Oh, well, Zion's going to be Rookie of the Year, considering what what he's going to do." Which you and I talked about. And look, a tremendous argument. My only thing with that is. In a weird way, it takes away. I mean, look, if Zion gets them into the playoffs, there is something to be said for that. But at the same time, it also takes away from the year that John Morant's had. Right, exactly. Yeah. Truly special. I mean, he was he was borderline all-star. He's the one guy that you could probably argue deserved a spot, especially with the injury replacements, that probably deserved a spot in the all-star game. But all right, coming up next, open gym. I, I saw Damon Stoudemire over the weekend. Not only did I see Damon Stoudemire over the weekend, I saw Adam Stanko and beautiful wife Kate, son Hudson, the teenage daughters, never to be found. Yeah, they couldn't come. And 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 for people to understand why that's a big deal, Noah is out of New York. I'm out of the Bay Area. So it's rare that we get a chance to see each other. We've only ever seen each other in person two times. I think that'd be well, shocking for people who who hear yeah, our, now three. our chemistry and yes, three times, three times now. Uh, that's true because we also had the the dinner a few very romantic dinner a few weeks ago. The but the the idea that we never see each other but we have this remarkable chemistry is something oh, yeah, to behold. Special. Oh, it's it's it yeah, it, it's it's it special, all right. So I was out there for Pacific against St. Mary's. So Damon Stoudemire coaches Pacific. And Damon Stoudemire, who was the 96 Rookie of the Year, and when I was looking it mm-hmm. up, runner-up that year was Arvidas Sabonis at age 31. He was, he was the runner-up the Rookie of the Year in, in 1996. Wow. So Damon Stoudemire coaches Pacific, and now he finally has a full complement of 13 scholarships. They were, um, they were playing with like six scholarship guys the past few years. So he's mm-hmm. gone from 14 wins to already at 20 wins. And then at St. Mary's, I saw, well, two really good players in Jordan Ford and Malik Fitz, but also they honored and they put the whole team into the hall of fame, the 2010 sweet 16 team, which had Matthew Del Vadova as a freshman. And I was calling mm. the game with Doug Gottlieb and Gottlieb said he spoke to them at like their opening season banquet or their opening of this season banquet that year in 2010. And he asked Randy Bennett, he said, all right, who's your, who's your next guy. And, right. he, and he pointed to Del Vadova and, and, and Doug said, what the the short kid with the hairy thick legs? No way! And Rand, and Randy and Randy Bennett said, "Yep, you watch." And then he went on to be the team's uh, the program's all time leading scorer. Oh, that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, St. Mary's beautiful campus too, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, for people who haven't seen it, and also Jordan Ford and Malik Fitz, as you point out, two terrific players. Jordan Ford's like Steph Curry light in that he's just electrifying. Rarely turns it over. He's really creative with the ball. Um, and if they go on a tourney run, you can be sure you'll hear that completely unfair comparison to the both of them. 
um, because he's not really like Steph Curry, but but just the idea that he's this flashy kid from the mid-major kind of looks like him. He's light-skinned. He's kind of has that look. Yeah. Aaron, yeah he's, got he's, the, got, he's got the beard. Got the he, beard. They're, they're, they're an Under Armour school. He wears he wears exactly. curries. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh doesn't have the the pro prospects that that uh Steph does. Malik Fitz could be a second rounder though, so we could be seeing that. But uh yeah, that's uh that's interesting you went there. I got to tell you, you know, I am I am pumped this week for um on Sunday St. John's Seton Hall mm. my NBA draft matchup to watch. Miles Powell, Mustafa Heron. The the thing about these two they're both seniors. They're both strong guards. Miles Powell up for National Player of the Year, incredible scorer, all that kind of stuff. Heron, more of the the pro prospect body, 6'5", strong, Auburn transfer. They're both 22 years old, so the, the age is obviously going to be a hindrance to both of them come draft time. But Powell's ability to score, I think, gets him selected in the second round. Uh, just a creative scorer, explosive. But Heron... You know, he's 6'5", does a lot of things well, but hasn't shot the ball well this year. So, you know, if he gets off-season work, really puts in some time shooting the basketball based on his body, uh, his some of his physical gifts, I think Aaron will have a chance to play in the league as well. So it'll be interesting to see how those two those two match up. What's the uh, NBA matchup you're looking for this week? So it's, so it's less about, and it's a little bit what we talked about last segment, but it's it's less about the matchup this week, more about what I'm going to be looking for over the next few weeks. And it's every Memphis game, every Blazers game, every Spurs game, every Pelicans game. I'm not, not really concerned. 18. I mean, the, right. The Suns are, the Suns are there just a game back of the Pelicans, but I'm focused on the Grizzlies right now. It's, it, it, it's that eight seed. So, so right now the Grizzlies are four and a half back of the seventh and they're four up on the ninth. So they're, they're firmly in that eighth spot. The Blazers are there four back. Spurs, five back. Pelicans, five and a half back. And when you look at strength of schedule remaining, and I go to tankathon.com, I've been on tankathon for years now. The Grizzlies have the, in terms of winning percentage, their remaining strength of schedule is at 554, the most difficult schedule remaining in the NBA. The easiest remaining at a winning percentage of 449, the Pelicans. And then the Blazers are there with at, at, at 25th at 467. The Spurs are there at 20th at 488. So when it comes to that eighth spot, Memphis, yes, they lead by four games, but they have the toughest remaining schedule left in the NBA. The real great question for the Pelicans, and it seems like an obvious one, but what is the minute situation going to look like for Zion Williamson as this thing goes? That, to me, is is the wild one. We know that you have to be careful with Zion, uh, and I just think it's going to be just such a tricky situation for them to, to handle. It's somewhat kid gloves, um, and I'm just curious if we're going to see major minutes as they make a playoff push. you got to figure that, it, you know, it, I – I don't know what maybe David Griffin can come on the podcast and talk to us about what their thoughts are and how you plan for this. I don't know whether it's more about him sitting out some games 
and playing big minutes in other games. I don't know. I don't know if it's how many consecutive minutes they're looking to play him. I, you know, that those are the questions to me that I think are most fascinating when it comes to the Pelicans is how they handle Zion Williamson's minutes. Because as I've told you, Noah, I'm really worried about his long-term health. And I know that the Pelicans are as well. All right. So you can go back and listen to all of the going ISO. I just retweeted the Ryan Russillo podcast. They're all on Thursdays. Everybody's always looking for evergreen content. We're giving you evergreen content. You go back and listen to all the long form interviews, like about 45 minutes to an hour. They come out every Thursday, the long form edition of going ISO with Ryan Russillo, Peter Vesey, Earl Watson, Sam Mitchell, Richard Jefferson, and, and so many others. So just download, subscribe, rate, review, share. Easy to do. We've given you five options. Choose one, choose two. And the ratings and reviews on iTunes really do help bump us up and get a little bit more exposure. And then if you learn anything, like anything, just share it on social media, share it in a text, share it over an email with friends. We do appreciate it. Adam's on Twitter at NaysmithLives. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. We're on Instagram as well, trying to build that account rejecting underscore the underscore screen on Instagram. And also you can go back and listen to all the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. So any team that you're a fan of, you got one five days a week from that team. Also nationally, Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Hoops. And then on Mondays, Hollinger and Duncan with Nate Duncan and John Hollinger. Adam, thanks, pal. You are the best.